Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me on once again, Ali. Of course. And we had such a good time talking about the AFC East last week. We're going to stay in the AFC as well this week, this time with the North. So this is an episode I really was looking forward to because I love the Bengals. I love their roster. I was a huge Joe Burrow fan in college, huge Jamar Chase fan. You know, that national championship game was just electrifying that they played in when they won. So I really love the Bengals and I'm excited to talk about the Bengals. I'm one of the few, and if you remember, we were talking about it during the playoffs this past season that I was high on the Bengals all throughout the playoffs. I really liked them. I really thought they could go to the distance. I think they shocked just about, I want to say maybe 80% of the country when they made it to the Super Bowl. So Robert, I'm going to begin by posing it to you. Where do you see the Bengals? Let's start with their over under. What do you have it listed at? And what are you leaning toward? Yeah, Allie, if you told me uh, one year ago today that we were going to do a, uh, a show talking about the season win total from a betting perspective on the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I would definitely not be saying something close to double digits, but yet here we are. Uh, this year's edition of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, have a season win total of nine and a half shaded over to minus 130 already. Oh, and wow. for our listeners at home, of course, that means uh, they need to get to 10. Uh, and to uh, wager on that, you're wagering uh, 130 to win 100. Um, just based on the VIG, apply to that because, well, everyone's betting over the total alley. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I looked at the total a few days ago, I was personally shocked. I thought nine and a half is way too low. This is a team, I said it all last year during their postseason run, they're not getting the respect they deserve. Joe Burrow is right up there with Josh Allen and Justin Herbert as one of the next stars for the next 10 to 15 years. Jamar Chase and him are probably the best duo right now in the NFL. So for me, I thought they're still getting disrespect. And I don't want to say it because it seems like a lock. And I'm always wary when it seems too good to be true. But I mean, Robert is like, convince me why I should take the under in this, in this instance. Right. Great. So this is a great point, Ali. You look at their past performance and you see what they've done with their roster. I mean, this off season, they really didn't, uh, they clearly, I, I guess they didn't really need to add a whole lot more. It's an already right. pretty stout roster, right? You know, there's always room for improvement in the modern NFL and for the Bengals. Uh, they prioritize the protection of their franchise quarterback. So they brought in lineman uh, Lael Collins, Alec Gappa, Ted Karras, right? These are the important pieces right. to add and, and help insulate uh, their star. So, I mean, look, why nine and a half? Why not 10? Why not 10 and a half? Cincinnati, they have the third toughest schedule in the NFL. Right. Uh, their combined opponents record sitting at uh, 154, 133, and two. Uh, you know, they've got two tough games to kick off the year, you know, against the Steelers and the Cowboys. Uh, and I think that those results of those meetings, Allie, you know, they could become pivotal, you know, down the road. If they could take those two, you know, they could very well have an undefeated record uh, heading into the Baltimore Ravens game in week number five, Allie. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because when I wrote about it in my blog last week, I mean, I, I'll hands down, I was taking the over. Like, I don't know who else can convince me 
to take the under, even if the over looks too good to be true. But when I look at their first nine games of the season before the bye week, I mean, you mentioned Pittsburgh and Dallas. The, they are the only two teams that they face in the first nine weeks that made the playoffs last season. Yes, so, right. like you said, if, if they beat Pittsburgh and Dallas, I could easily see them, you know, pretty much almost getting to that over total before the bye week at 9-0. and Because if you rattle off the next few games, you know, New York Jets, that's a win. Miami Dolphins, I think that's a win. Baltimore, you know, throw that one up in the air. It's, it, it is a division game. It's in Baltimore. I could see that going either way. The Saints, I just don't know what to make of the Saints yet. But then you look at Atlanta, Cleveland, Carolina, I think are all wins. And especially Cleveland with or without Deshaun Watson. I think that's a win right there. So, you know, Robert, what is it? Is it are the Bengals still just not getting the respect they deserve? No, yeah, you're, you're right. So, look, I'm glad that we looked at it. You know, the, the bottom half of, of that list, it does get a little dicey. If I have to just play, you know, the advocate for the devil. Following that by every opponent crossing paths with Cincinnati has at least one playoff appearance in the last two seasons. Right. And so that's where I'm thinking if you can load up and do really well in the first six, eight weeks, uh, then that over the over total looks very, very good. Obviously. I mean, uh, Ali, I mean, the Bengals, you know, somehow, you know, with what we see right here on paper, you know, they've begun, you know, last year's postseason as an underdog, and yet they walked out, you know, basically as contenders for the next decade. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 wins, I think, personally, I think it's low. Um, you know, even with one of the most daunting schedules in football. So, you know, I, I think, honestly, the over, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you, Ali. I think it does look pretty good. To me. Totally. And you know what? I was thinking more about this, too. And there's no player, you know, right now that I've seen, maybe Baker Mayfield's up there, but he, well, not really Baker. Baker plays good when there's a chip on his shoulder, but there's no one I've seen just enter a game dauntless than Joe Burrow. Like the guy, since he was in college, just, you could, he's like David facing Goliath at, at some points. It's, he's just, he doesn't get phased. He doesn't get nervous. The guy will go out and put up 500 yards in some game. Like, you know, they let's look at their schedule just going through the playoffs last year. At Tennessee, Tennessee was the number one seed. No problem, defeated them. Then they go ahead and defeat the Chiefs before the playoffs. And let's, you know, rewind to the first round where they beat the, the Raiders. I mean, this team was one quarter away from winning the Super Bowl. Now, I still, I'm right with you. I think that this is like a total disrespect. I just think that... People are putting too much stake in both Baltimore and Cleveland, and we don't know what Cleveland is going to be yet. So I'm with you. I I mean, it's an over in my book. What are you seeing uh, mostly people taking? Are they betting more the over or the under? Right, yeah. So I, I, when I said it at nine and a half, I thought that was a good number, just based off of the strength of schedule that was released back in May. So, you know, the first couple of big gulps were on the over. Uh, I, I kind of expected that. Uh, but then as we saw more free agency maneuvering and, you know, some things that were happening in the division, I said, well, you know, it's time to get closer to, to the 10 number. And, you know, so Ali, right now we do have about 70% of our tickets over nine and a half wins for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that's, that's what kind of, I was thinking it was going to be definitely tilted more toward the over 
because there are people like me that's just going to look at it and say, I mean, what am I missing? Is, is Jamar Chase going to go down with an injury week two? Is Joe Burrow going to miss time? Like, I don't know. I just like, I'll keep repeating it. I just think this team keeps getting disrespected. And I think until, I don't know what it's going to take for them to solidify their spot as, you know, one of the top three teams in the AFC like, right now, if I'm just doing power rankings, in the AFC, obviously, I have the Bills number one, but I think you could make a case, you know, after the Chargers that the Bengals are right there at number three. Where are you ranking them? Yeah, I, I've got them. So if we look at the, uh, just if we just go for the division, I mean, Allie, there's, there's no way in the world that we can't, you know, look at them as, you know, the division leaders, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, you know, then if you look at them from a conference, uh, a conference perspective, Uh, it's tight. It's tight. I mean, there's more tickets actually on the Bengals to win the AFC championship than any other, more so than the Bills, more so than the Chiefs. Uh, You know, but at at this point, it looks like, uh, you know, the Bills are there, number one, followed by, uh, I guess it's almost a five-way tie, Chiefs, Chargers, Ravens, uh, Broncos got in there, and then the Bengals. Uh, So, yeah, Ali, it's so strange. I don't know what it is. Or, or why it is, maybe it's just everyone not used to seeing the Bengals, uh, you know, in, in this kind of discussion. Um, but there's literally, in most books, five other teams ranked ahead of them, at least from a betting perspective, to win the uh, AFC, the AFC conference. So weird. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's remarkable to me, but Let's move on to a team right under them, I think, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Lamar Jackson went down toward the end of the year. I think they went on to lose, what, their last their last final six games, which knocked them out of the playoff race. They finished with an 8-9 and nine record. You know, it was one of, I think it was the first losing record with Lamar Jackson at the helm. So, Robert, for the Ravens, what are we seeing for the over-under total right now? Right, exactly. Great point. And, you know, we could see what they did last year. They got to those eight wins and they were basically decimated down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all left in the tank and they still got to the eight wins. This year, their over under season win total is at nine and a half. And like the Bengals, heavily shaded to the over. I can't believe I, I mean, probably just as I'm looking at it right now, I, I really should just go to 10. It's at this moment, shaded to the over minus 145. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This was another one. When I was writing my blog last week, I looked at it. I was just like over, like, you know, again, convince me otherwise. Now I know that they did lose, you know, their number one receiver, Hollywood Brown, they traded him to the Cardinals in the off season. Their wide receiver core really is pretty thin. I mean, I think that you got Rashad Bateman and then a bunch of who knows what their names are. You do have a top tight end in Mark Andrews. And that always has been Lamar Jackson's favorite target. And you have a pretty good run game with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. But I don't know. To me, it seems like people forget, too, that this was a team just decimated by injuries last year. I think half of their defense was just out at one point. Now, they did lose their defensive coordinator, who won over to my Giants. But I don't know, Robert, Like this is another team. Like Convince me to take the the under. Why should I take the under? Yeah, I I think so. If we look at you know, what they've done to their roster, you know, year over year, their off season, I thought Allie was relatively kind. 
they did make that surprise move, trading their former first-round pick, Hollywood Brown, to the Cardinals during the NFL draft. Uh, but they made plenty of moves to make up for it. Uh, they drafted um, Irish safety Kyle Hamilton in the first round, and they moved back to take Iowa center uh, Tyler Linderbaum, who I thought is the top center without a doubt. Uh, they got uh, the uh, edge rusher from Michigan, uh, David Ojabu. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I, it'll look, it's going to be doubtful. He's going to be a factor this year after you know, tearing his Achilles. But we still have, you know, Lamar Jackson. And I think, honestly, even though he only played 12 games last year, and you know, J.K. Dobbins, you know, suffered that ACL injury in the preseason game, missed pretty much, you know, the entirety of his campaign. All these injuries, I think, will come back to a far healthier campaign for this year. So I look at it uh, as a pretty favorable schedule, Alan. Uh, You know, having to face the AFC East is going to be a tough draw, uh, but, you know, they're going to get an early shot to prove to everybody that they're a contender again, uh, or if they're going to fade away like last season when they take on the Bills in week number four. Right there, we're going to know if they're going to be here for real or not, Alan. So the only thing when I was thinking more of this was – this has been the first real serious injury for Lamar Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, in his NFL career, you know, missing six games at the end of the season, or I think five, I think he got hurt in the, in the one game, but is this kind of the point in Lamar's career where he looks at himself and just says, I can't keep running like I am. I need to be more of a pocket passer or my career is going to be cut short. Like we've seen with so many running quarterbacks in the past. And if he's thinking like that, Robert, is that just going to affect his value at a quarterback? What do you think? No, no, I, I, I don't think. He, he does need to uh, develop his game. I mean, every quarterback is looking to develop their game, you know, every single year. I don't know if by taking away his, uh, you know, his escapability, you know, and then keeping him you know, close to the pocket is going to make the team as a whole uh, a, a lesser offensive powerhouse. Um, but you know, at the same time, you gotta, you gotta keep them safe. So uh, ultimately I think that, I mean, look, if, if you're getting a guy like Lamar Jackson running your offense, you're in really, really good shape, no matter what kind of game he's going to, you know, to, to manage in, in his case, I love the fact that he does have such incredible speed because that just leads to, uh, you know, an incredible amount of unpredictability. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that team and that's what makes them so you know so exciting to watch Ali I think I, I, I think keeping him as a as a pocket passer would be a, a detriment to not right. only him but to the franchise Ali yeah I agree with you on that because you like you said like he was known that's when he was in college too he was known for his legs he was known how to make plays so I think if you take that element away from him, yeah, it, it's just, it's not smart because that's not part of his game. Now I can understand why the Ravens might say, Hey, you know, we're better with you than without you. So if you need a rush less during the game to save yourself, do it. But another thing that I wonder, and, you know, I'll, full disclosure, I've just never been a fan of running court, running first quarterbacks. I think Lamar is starting to make the adjustment where he is, at least in recent seasons, starting to pass more. But my thing with running quarterbacks, not just that they're injury prone, if you know it just takes one or two hits to get them out, but defenses learn to figure them out. 
And I know Lamar has been the exception over the years. He's just so explosive. But then then again, has he been the exception? Because we've seen the last few seasons when they have made the playoffs and they are facing these elite teams, you know, whether it be the Patriots or I think the Chargers beat them one year. Like they do make the adjustment to isolate Jackson and pretty much shut him down. So Robert, have teams figured him out yet? No, I, I don't believe that's the case. Uh, they probably looked like they were figured out because honestly, when you, you lose you know, the, the, a very good portion of the, the running game on offense, and I mean, honestly, you know, I, I, when I saw Hollywood Brown get drafted and then what he was able to do to college, he just, I mean, Ali, he just doesn't translate well to the NFL. Right. I, can't, I remember more dropped passes from Hollywood Brown than touchdown passes. And that's the thing that you, once you figure out that just because a guy is wide open down the field uh, doesn't exactly mean that it's going to end up into a touchdown. So ultimately, I still think that there's uh, lots of upside to the team. And, you know, Ali, if, if it's prediction time. Yep. I think they should finish up the regular season with at least those 10 wins uh, and probably be back in the hunt. If all things considered, if they're healthy, be back in the hunt for that Lombardi trophy when mid-January rolls back around. Yeah. I mean, in my, in my preseason picks, I have them at least getting the wild card. I have the Bengals winning the division. I think that the Bengals just, they I've seen over the last, you know, last season, they just play them pretty hard. I think that was like one of the Ravens' first real big losses, if I'm not mistaken. I think Cincinnati came in and just blew them out. So I still like the Bengals to win that division. I like the Ravens to get a wild card spot. And I think because we keep talking about how deep the AFC is, I think you need to have double-digit wins this year to make a wild card spot. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, you definitely, definitely need to get to 10 wins or more without a doubt. Yeah, it's it's I think it's a certainty that if you're nine and eight, you're not even going to come close to sniffing the postseason. But we both do like the over on this one as well as the Bengals. Now, let's get to a team where I really just can't figure out. It's not the Browns yet. We'll get to the Browns later. But with the Steelers, you know, I have their depth chart in front of me and you look at, you know, Great running backs. I think Najee Harris is going to be a top five running back this season. He really came on strong toward the end of the year last year. I like Najee Harris a lot. I still think they have a solid wide receiver core with Deontay Johnson leading and Chase Claypool. And I'm really high on Pat Fryermuth at, at tight end. But when you look at the quarterback situation, let's throw Mason Rudolph out. I think we've seen enough of Mason Rudolph to know that he's never going to be a franchise guy and he's just going to be a perennial backup. But what I wonder is how Mitch Trubisky is going to do with the Steelers, Robert, because we saw him on the Bears. I wasn't high on him. And even though I'm a UNC fan, I wasn't high on him coming out of UNC. I think the Bears did a mistake training up for him. So let's start. I'm going to throw a few questions at you, but what is the Steelers over and under to start with? And what are you thinking is going to be the production value of Mitch Trubisky this year? Okay, great. So (laughs) it's going to be seven and a half wins. uh, And I'm not, I'm not really finding any issues with the number. It's actually a, a very good number where I'm getting 
uh, equal tickets uh, predicting under that total and equal uh, going over the seven and a half wins. So ultimately, look, Ali, they did lots, you know, just like every franchise does to make themselves better. But the bottom line is, so if we take a look at what our expectations are from Mitch Trubisky, honestly, could it be any worse than what Roethlisberger did as, as disabled as he was last year? Could it be worse? That's a really good point because there were times like I looked at Ben Roethlisberger last year in some games and I was like, this is a guy, I don't even know if he has the stamina to finish a, like a, a, a game, let alone the season. Ali, that's it. I mean, a long pass for him was an eight yard out to, you know, yeah. Smith Schuster. It's, he didn't have anything left in the tank, you know, and that was at the start of the season. Forget about towards the end. So with that being said, and we know what he did last year, can Mitch Trubisky actually be worse than that? I think that there's, at the very least, he does that at least so i this was interesting when i was writing my blog the other day because i really did a lot of research on the steelers and just trying to figure out you know where is this team headed what what what, what's their strengths what's their weaknesses i showed you i I just said the roster i think they have a solid running games solid wide receiver ranks the defense is still good but then i went over and i looked at their schedule and they have to start the year you know at Cincinnati, that's tough. Against New England, I still think that's a tough one. We don't know what Cleveland's going to look like. The Jets will give them that. But then that you got to play Buffalo and Tampa, Miami, and Philly before your bye week. I, I don't know if Mitch Trubisky, if he, if he stutters, stumbles, and if they have a losing record come the bye week, I mean, are we going to be clam- are we going to hear fans clamoring for Kenny Pickett to start, Robert? Oh yeah, we will, we will, and that will happen actually. Yep. I mean, <laughs> if we look at you know their their strength of schedule, they have the nineteenth easy, easiest strength of schedule in terms of twenty twenty one records. Mm-hmm. But they have the twenty seventh easiest schedule, looking toward the twenty twenty two projected win points. Right. You know they've got you know plenty of. Primetime games, so we're, we're going to see, you know, on the schedule. I think it's like five games are going to be they're going to be on primetime. So we're going to see plenty of Steelers this this upcoming season. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just a little bit high on Pittsburgh than, than my colleagues are, and, and some some other reporters that I'm reading. I think they get to nine wins. Wow. So I'm taking the opposite. I, I think they're under, I, I really, I think that they have, you know, cause I, I'm still not even high on Kenny Pickett. So I don't think he's the answer. I mean, it, there was question whether he was even going to go in the first round. Right. I think the Steelers kind of reached for him. So, I mean, I'm doing, I think, yeah, you, I mean, I have talked to people that are high granted they are Steelers fans. So their expectations are a little different. But I don't know, Robert. I just have to disagree right there. I'm I'm taking the under. I just look at their schedule, and I could easily see them. You know, being they in the first eight games, I can easily see a two and six record. And if if that's the case, you know, you're going to th- be throwing in a rookie quarterback who many don't believe is going to be a franchise quarterback. 
So this season could go, in my opinion, from bad to worse in a jiffy. Yeah, no doubt. If, if they go two and six before the bye, you could you could kiss that ticket goodbye. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're betting the over the total, because then after the bye, it's uh, hosting the Saints, uh, hosting Cincinnati at Indianapolis, and then there's Atlanta that could be a win. Baltimore loss at Carolina, coin flip. Vegas probably a loss at Baltimore, a loss, and then you end the season, you know, hosting Cleveland. I don't think that it, unless they really, you know, come out of the book, you know, you know, really well. I, I so what am I guess what am I looking at from my perspective, Ali? I the coach, you know, co- coaching up the team you know, really well and preparing. There's a lot of new bodies coming in. I'm always concerned when you see an awful lot of people, you know, coming in uh, and, and having them to to blend well. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how training camp goes. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, who they've already added and, and how they're going to, you know, gel well. I think if they, they do hold their own defensively and, you know, improve on special teams and just do baseline the same as it was last year. So first off, by the way, I honestly think that when we look at um, you know, Roethlisberger, you know, to – to Smith Schuster, I honestly think that even even heck, you know, Ali Smith Schuster might not even make a roster. I know he's with Kansas City, but he he might not make the team. Right, he just might be washed, just like you know it, Roethlisberger was. So I mean, look, ultimately, I think the team that they have going into training camp in the next few weeks, I, it's it's for me, it's more look and see. So that's seven and a half. That's why I probably feel that that's one of my strongest numbers that we have, you know, pretty much anywhere. Yeah. And let's not forget, you know, at the end of the season last year, the Steelers needed what, like 30 things to happen just for them to make yes, the playoffs. Exactly. And miraculously, you know, the Colts lost their last two, the Chargers taught, like lost to uh, Las Vegas the last game of the season. So they needed a ton to happen and miraculously did Baltimore faltered because Lamar Jackson wasn't playing. So even though they were a playoff team last year, they weren't really a playoff team last year. So like you said, can they be any worse? I think they can. I don't think that Trubisky has it in him to lead this team. There's going to be a lot of expectations. I know there was a lot of expectations when he was drafted number two overall to the bears. But I, I don't know. This is, this, there's a reason why the Bears were so quick to move on from him and draft Justin Fields last year. So I, I, I'm, there's nothing that can compel me to take the over. So that's why when I saw the number, I thought, A, this is a way too high number. And B, you know, I'm just going with the under right here. Because, it, it, like, I mean, are these is this a team even at its best? Even if Trubisky does perform, Robert, at its best, are they in wild card contention? No, no, they're not. Yeah, just circling back to the number of wins that I, you know, that we both feel we need to get into the playoffs. They're, they're not a playoff team. Now, could they get to eight wins? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I'll go over. I'll go over the seven and a half there. I'm all right. That's over. (laughs) Well, that's our first disagreement. So we do have to disagree on one thing. I did have my friend tell me they're like, "You guys agree on a lot of things." I'm like, "Well, great minds think alike." So what can you do? (laughs) 
but we are going to move on because this is a team like I just I don't even know if you have a number but is there any over under number you could find because I was looking through all the sites Bavada you know points bed FanDuel DraftKings and I couldn't find any number for the Cleveland Browns right now and it's no surprise we don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson but Robert, is there a number? And if there's not, you know, what are you putting as their win total with Jackson, with Watson and, or without Watson? Yeah. yeah, And Ali, I've spoken to, you know, all of my colleagues and all the veteran odds makers on, on setting a number and we just simply can't do it. We can't dally. I mean, if, if it's Watson at quarterback for the entire season, they potentially could get to 11 wins, 12 wins. Uh, you know, but if it's Jacoby Brissett, Ali, I, I had a conversation over lunch where they might not win a game. Yeah. They might not win a single game. So it's, it's an impossible task to, to create a number. I mean, honestly, if, to me, I think it's Brissett all year. I, I really feel that it's Brissett all year. And if that's the case, I mean, Ali, boy, well, he was a third round pick many years ago from New England. But he's 14 and 23 as a starter, right? He, he's one and one with the Pats in, in 2016, 11 and 19 with the Colts between 17 and 20, two and three with the Dolphins last year. He has 36 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. He has a 13 rushing TDs, you know, in his 60 game career. Yeah, look, there's there's no Baker Mayfield, no Landry, no Austin Hooper. Yeah, you know, of course, you know, we, we can look at what their expectations are, you know, with, with Amari Cooper. Um, you know, and honestly, by the way, I, I think for a fifth round pick, it's probably the best move of the offseason. Uh, but there's just, I don't know. I, I don't think that, you know, even with their really incredibly easier schedule this year, Allie, I, I would tread very lightly on going over any number, even if we assume that we know that it's going to be Brissett starting every single year. Yeah. I mean, this is just a team. I feel like just digs himself into hole after hole after hole. Now, I mean, yes, when you look at Watson's caliber, there's no question he's better than Baker Mayfield, like without a doubt, long-term wise, short-term wise, but there is the legal trouble surrounding him. The Browns did take a chance and they may not be playing for this season. They may say, hey, listen, we understand this season's probably a wash. Whether Watson plays or not, we still have him to a long-term deal. You know, I just don't see, even if Watson plays, I'm just not that high on this team. I still think that there's they have a lot of parts that need to come together. They don't have the easiest schedule. I mean, if you look at even their second half of the season, they open up against on week 10, Miami, Buffalo, Tampa, right off the bat. Like that's, that's a pretty rough second half. And you have to play the chargers in the first half. You have to play the Patriots. You have to play Baltimore. So to me, this is a team that I would say if I had to guess a win total with Watson, I'm looking at maybe, maybe I could see them getting eight wins top out at nine with Brissett, I think it's, Four wins are under. I mean, that that I, I, I agree with you. I like Jacoby Bursette as a backup, but this guy can't start. And, you know, the Mayfield trade when they, you know, I know they, there was bad, bad blood between them after what happened in the offseason. But for me, I just think that the Browns, 
you know, if we have Watson and we can compete this year, great. Let's go and do it. Otherwise we're playing for 2023. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly it, Ali. I mean, look, they, they do have a core that is probably championship caliber. Uh, you know, if, if we look at, so let's assume we're now looking towards next season, not this. Uh, and it's Watson. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of guys that are still signed through 2024. That's you know, like Garrett, you know, Chubb, Ward, Cooper. Uh, they, they got guards of Betonio and Teller. You know, these are like all, all pro caliber guards, and they're all under contract through at least 2024. But Stefanski has to keep them on the right track through this year. Everything could come completely unraveled and fall to pieces. So if they could just keep the group cohesive and somewhat competitive, Look at that. I mean, I really dislike writing off a team, you know, already for the entire season, but I, I just don't think that they're I don't I don't think that they're a 500 team at at all with with Brissett as quarterback. No, no, and, and that's why I can see why you know odds makers like yourself are so reluctant just to put a number up with all uncertainty. I mean you could even put something up as eight and you could easily make a case for the over under just based on if Watson plays or not, even like, I mean, I think eight's a solid number to start with, but I could be wrong, but I, yeah, it's just, it's the Browns. It's like, you got like this team. I just think that they thought they found their franchise guy in Mayfield. Things looked great when Mayfield got into the playoffs, you know, they had Jarvis Landry, they had Odell Beckham. They had some star power. And then just everything blew up last year. And it's like, we're back to the Browns, you know, back to wearing that shopping bag, paper bag over your head for the fans. <laughs> I, I just don't know really what to make of this team. It's yeah. They traded for Amari Cooper, but I mean, Robert is, and that I think that was a solid get just to give up a fifth round pick. But I mean, have we seen Amari Cooper already tap out in his potential? No, I, I think you know, look, he's, He's going to be the star. He's going to be the number one option, no matter what, you know, no matter who's throwing to him. And I just think that, you know, this is going to be a year where if they can find a way to, you know, run an offense through the running game. And, and I mean, look, it's possible. I know it's, it's weird to think about having an offense predicated on, you know, the running attack first, but Hey, uh, look what happened with Tennessee. Right. So I, I just think that ultimately if they stay healthy, uh, you know, protect the quarterback, you know, possibly they scratch out. And again, I'm here thinking as, you know, Brissett as quarterback for the entirety of the season. Yeah. I could, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule with that being said, six and a half there. I, I, I could set a number that, that will probably be my number. Uh, yeah. It will be six, six and a half. And then we could, you know, you know, play towards shading, you know, towards the over, because I just think that still with, you know, how great a running attack they have, uh, you know, bringing Cooper, you know, he's definitely going to be in line. If we were just looking at it from a DFS perspective, there's, there's no way in the world he doesn't get at least 130 targets this year. Uh, and, and then, you know, just you know, go from there. Um, I think they could be competitive, but Ali, there's no way they come close to a 500 record. Yeah. So if we're going to rank the teams, you know, my prediction, I have the Bengals winning, the division. I have Baltimore coming in at number two and getting a wild card spot. If Watson plays even just half the season, I have the Browns above the Steelers. 
But if we see Brissett, like you said, the entirety of the season, then I have Browns dead last, Steelers number three. What about you? Yeah, that, that would be it. And again, I, I can't put my mindset towards Watson playing one snap, much less a game. And so I'll, I'll line up exactly the same way there. Our win totals might be off. Uh, right. for this particular division, but I do agree with um, the final season standings there. Well, let's talk about the quarterbacks too, because, you know, if you're building a team right now, let's, let's just throw out the legal issues aside with Watson, but you know, you're in the AFC North starting a team. Who do you want as your quarterback between Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson? Boy, it's like making me pick uh you know, what cut of steak I'd like. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, how, do, how can I even say that? No, honestly, they're, they're all really amazing and talented right. quarterbacks. Uh, for me, if, if I'm looking to build as dynamic an offense, so can we just pretend for a quick minute that, oh boy, maybe not. I was going to say, uh, if I could get Lamar Jackson knowing that there's no way he's going to get injured, then I want Lamar Jackson, but, okay. uh, you know, you know, jumping back into reality, knowing, you know, the potential injuries that, you know, could happen to him. Uh, I'd probably go with Joe Burrow. Yeah. So I'm a hundred percent on Joe Burrow. Like I said, this guy's fearless. He comes in just his, you know, he has ice running through his veins, he, whether he has Jamar chase on his team or not. This guy, I think, could just, you know, he's a threat to throw for 500 yards, 400 yards a game. Uh, like He's just phenomenal. And let's not discount, you know, we mentioned how the Bengals did upgrade their offensive line in the offseason, which they very much needed to do so. I mean, there, no other quarterback got sacked last year more than Joe Burrow. And yet he still got up time after time and led the Bengals to the Super Bowl. So for me, that just shows like that guy's a leader. That guy's dauntless. That's who I want leading my team. Now, if I'm looking at a number two, if I'm picking between Jackson and Watson, I legal troubles aside, I would have to defer to Watson just because I've seen what this guy can do in the postseason as well. He can win. You know, they did lose to the Chiefs a few years years ago. I think it was in the the AFC divisional round or something like that, but they did beat the bills the game before. I just, I think that I put Watson over Lamar Jackson just because I've seen him win in the big games. I still haven't seen Lamar win in the postseason or, and look like he's a postseason quarterback. Where am I wrong there, Robert? No. Yeah. I'm thinking again. So if we were just to say, that they were just throwing to just any kind of slot target. Don't even forget about what they're surrounded by or, or heck, even what kind of protection they have. Just on pure talent alone, again, it's just so hard to make a choice. Right. I, I think we forget. We forget where we have short-term memory when, when it comes to this. And you're right, Watson's just insanely talented and the things that he can pull off, the vision that he has really does separate him. He's honestly, you could probably put him up as one of the top quarterbacks in the game right. uh, just off of his talent alone. So it, it all adds up to, you know, at this point, what are they surrounded by, right? And so if we have to make a, a selection for this year based on, you know, what they would have and, and the 
the targets they could throw to and how much time they have because of their offensive line scheme, add them all up, uh, you know, and we pull out, you know, our, our selection alley. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to still go with, with Burrow. Um, and, and then I'm, it, it'd be really tough for me to dice up, but I, I still think I would go with Lamar Jackson two and then Watson three. And that boy, it's, it's really, it's really hard. close. I'm not, it's, it's, it's splitting hairs at this point. Yeah, I know my one friend that's Steelers fan is going to ask me why I didn't throw Trubisky or Pickett into that conversation, <laughs> but there's no need to. But we do have a few minutes left, and you know I thought it would be good to talk about, because we were mentioning just a few moments ago how the Browns right now, you can't find an, an over-under total number on the board for them. So, Robert, in the last few minutes we have, since you are our odds maker, you know how much on a week-to-week basis during the regular season – does the status or the uncertainty of a quarterback playing or not affect whether there is going to be a number spread wise or even money line wise for a game on the board? So like, let's say with the Buccaneers, if Tom Brady got hurt the week before and he, his status is questionable all week, are you waiting till you get definitive word on his status before you put a number up on the board for that game? You have to, you're, you're, you're committing uh, a very violent error uh, you know, as an odds setter to put up a line and uh, allow the market to bet into it. Uh, if you don't know the status of the quarterback, because then again, we're, what we're coming down to again is information and who gets it first and who gets it fastest to, you know, attack that line as hard as they can. So where let's just say, okay, here, perfect example. Let's say we don't know if Trubisky is going to play. And it might be Pickett. Well, really, we, because we don't see much of a body of work of, of, of what Pickett's done, I don't think that there's going to be much of a drop-off from one to the other. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if we're looking at, you know, Joe Burrow as, as questionable versus his backup, well, that's going to be a very significant line move. So in that case, Ali, I'm not even going to put up a line. Even though I know what I would want to make the line, let's just say for simplicity's sake, uh, if, if the Bengals would be a seven-point favorite uh, with Burrow in the game, and now he's out, and so I'm saying to myself, well, his backup it would probably be a six-point drop-off. Mm-hmm. So that's quite the middle right there. Uh, if I were to create a line where uh, the Bengals are now a one-point favorite, and guess what? Haha, surprise, uh, Burrow's playing, right? So now you're laying one where it should be seven, and that just creates uh, uh, an ugly uh, set of tables for me. So I would say the first thing I would do is take a look at what the drop-off would be from the starter to the backup. Uh, and if there's really no difference, then go ahead and, and you know set up a number for release on Monday morning. Uh, if not, just hold off. Just hold off uh, and, and don't don't set a number. Wait until we get better information on you know whether or not the quarterback's going to be out, uh, you know whether it's doubtful or, or probable or definitely starting. So the other way that we can look at it is just say, hey, um, I'll put up a number um, and it's it's going to be what it's going to be. Uh, but maybe we're not going to offer as as much of a limit um, on the game as we would. Let's just say if we knew pro, you know for certain what the uh, the starting status would be a borough uh, in this instance, Ali. Yeah. And the NFL, it's one of those rare occasions where, I mean, I see when the lines come out at the beginning of the week, 
And I honestly will wait till Sunday morning to make my bets. Like I, cause football is so uncertain with whether, you know, sometimes these guys are game time decisions, you know, you, you don't get the full injury report or active if a player's active or not till about 90 minutes before the game, I will wait till 90 minutes before the game. You know, I think it, cause one player makes a huge difference in a line spread. I think, you know, if, if you look at Packers, you know, if I know Aaron Jones is going to be out of the game, I, I might not bet the Packers. It, it's a, something as simple as that. So I agree with you, do your research, get the information, because, you know, there's a reason why lines change and wait till you get that final line. I mean, that's just how I play personally. I know plenty of other people that will try to pick, take advantage of lines beginning to midweek. But for me, football, I wait to the end till I can fi- make my final bet. There's no question that everyone I expect to play is playing. And I'm especially curious, too, if I don't see, like you said, a number on the board all week. You know, I want to wait and see what that final number is. So thank you, Robert. I appreciate that uh, sharing that information with our guests. Very good. Yeah, sure, sure. But unfortunately, we are out of time. We are going to be back next week. We will talk about the AFC South. I think this is an interesting division. Just a little preview because I was writing a blog about it earlier this week about my over under. I mean, on paper, it looks like the worst division. In the AFC, where you have after Indy and Tennessee, a big drop off with Houston and Jacksonville. But I am curious, Robert, next week to get your thoughts on Tennessee, because I've been going back and forth with a lot of people about this team. Uh, We do know how I feel about the Colts already, but we will get more into that next week. So we got good stuff. I love talking football, Robert. How about yourself? Uh, This is it. This is it. We're getting so close to preseason and uh, just based on how much more interest we're having, you know, obviously with the all-star break in baseball, uh, there's a lot of people that are starting to, you know, shuffle around my, my future pools, my season win totals. And so it's, uh, it's just weeks away now, Ali. <laughs> oh, I know. I always tell people, I'm like, this is probably the week that more futures bets get made than anything because there's nothing yes. to bet. True. Unless you want to bet like women's soccer or something that's coming on tonight. And I don't even bet that. So <laughs> I'm not that desperate. But that is all the time we do have. Can't wait to talk again next week. And I wish everyone a safe and happy weekend. Take care. 